Welcome to Women in Venture Capital, a podcast by students for students. I'm Rashvina. And I'm Anvita. And we are from the Harvard Business School. Our guest today is Joanna Lichter-Cohen. Joanna is a second-year MBA student at MIT Sloan. She's currently a Venture Fellow at Rough Draft Ventures and ParaVC, and an MBA Associate at Founder Collective, a seed-stage venture capital fund built by entrepreneurs. Prior to MIT, Joanna worked in operations at VIA and marketing at Earshot and Restaurant Brands International. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show today, Joanna. Thanks, Rashvina. Great to be here. So um, jumping into the questions we have for you today, you started your career in marketing, then moved to operations at VIA and are now transitioning into venture capital. Talk us through that journey, especially the recruiting process into Sure. So, you know, like you mentioned, I started my career at RBI and really after school, I was looking to join a company that had a strong entrepreneurial culture and where I'd also have the chance to work abroad. And RBI really checked both of these boxes. And I ultimately led marketing for about 10 countries in Latin America, was an awesome learning experience. At 22, I was negotiating with franchisees twice my age I trained entire teams down there on how to perform data analysis and was really just focused on helping the region become more data-driven overall. And after about two years there, I knew that I wanted to join a smaller company, take on a more senior leadership role, and also just be a lot closer to tech. And so that's when I decided to accept a role as the director of marketing at Earshot. And there I was responsible for leading all the company's growth initiatives. And we ultimately raised about $4 million in seed. Um, unfortunately, like many startups, I realized Earshot wasn't going to make it. Um, you know, there was a lot of consolidation in the industry at the time. And at the same time, I knew that I wanted to explore areas of business beyond marketing, um, specifically really around operations and strategy. And so I ultimately decided to join VIA, which is a mobility and rideshare company now valued at over $2 billion. And there I ultimately was promoted to manage a base of about 30,000 drivers in Chicago um, it was an awesome learning experience, um, you know, joined as, as employee number 50, left when we were about 600. And so really had just an amazing growth trajectory there. And, you know, the longer that I worked at VIA, the more I became interested in venture. So, you know, like most people before working within startups, I had no idea, you know, what equity was about or how company valuations worked before being within the startup world. And the more that I dug into it, the more that I really wanted to understand more about it. And so I had, you know, a few conversations with friends in the space, and I really love the fact that as a venture capitalist, you get to work with dozens of entrepreneurs, not just one at a time, that you have the opportunity to look across many industries. And so that part of it really appealed to me. Um, you know, at the same time, I knew that I didn't have a traditional finance background and thought that going to business school would be the best way to really further explore, um, you know, this interest. Um, I would say at the same time, longer term, I still do have a dream of starting my own company. And so going to a place like MIT, which does have such a big focus on both entrepreneurship and venture capital, was just a really great fit for me. And, you know, because I knew that VC is such a competitive industry, I decided to do a pre-MBA internship prior to school. Um, I actually ended up working for S2G Ventures, which is a multi-stage fund based in Chicago, exclusively focused on food and agricultural tech. And had an absolutely amazing experience, loved the summer, you know, got to meet with dozens of entrepreneurs, developed an investment thesis, worked closely with a lot of the partners, 
and knew that this was what I wanted to do longer term. And at the same time, you know, I knew that I wanted to go earlier as someone that had worked really in early stage startups. I missed being close to those, you know, really early stage founders getting to work on fundamental business challenges. And so decided to really focus my recruiting at MIT on the seed stage. Um, So really fast forward to spring semester at MIT. um, I saw that David Frankel, one of the partners at Founder Collective, would be speaking at an investment conference at MIT And, you know, I'd been I'd been following Founder Collective for quite some time, was really interested in the fund um, because they're exclusively seed stage. Um, You know, they're generalists, so they look across industry. And of course, they have an absolutely stellar portfolio with companies like Uber and BuzzFeed and SeatGeek. And so I set a personal goal for myself to just walk up to Dave at the meeting and basically ask about internship opportunities. And so I ran up to him after he finished speaking and he basically said to shoot him an email And the next day I sent Dave an email with three portfolio companies I sourced in addition to my resume. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. So I've been working with the team at Founder Collective for about seven months. It's been an absolutely amazing experience. And, um, you know, the partners are just really amazing human beings in addition to being great investors, which I think is a really rare combination. So I feel really lucky to be working with the Founder Collective team today. That's amazing. And um, going from operations to venture capital is definitely one of the more typical paths that we see um, in the industry. Um, so can you talk a little bit about being a venture fellow? What, in your opinion, is the best strategy to source deals and approach founders? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So, you know, when I got to MIT very quickly, I applied to the student fellowships. I thought that they would be in a great place to be really close to entrepreneurs and just learn about VC in a different context. Um, and it was also the first time I actually had to proactively source deals. And, you know, I think the best way to approach this is really to try and be as close to founders as possible and build a broad network, whether that's across MBA schools or across the broader campus. So going beyond business school and really reaching out to undergrads and PhDs. Um, you know, and as someone that's always has been really excited about entrepreneurship, this was something that was relatively easy for me. So I was already enrolled in MIT's Entrepreneurship and Innovation Track, where I take a bunch of different entrepreneurship classes, and these tend to feature a whole mix of students from across the school. I also joined the board of the Entrepreneurship Club and became the VP of Entrepreneurship for the Sloan Women in Management Club. And so all of these positions really helped me cement a reputation as the go-to person on campus for all things really related to entrepreneurship and VC. And so at the end of the day, this I ended up getting a lot of inbound and just getting a lot of deal flow that way from just being so active on campus and having those various positions. That's, um, that's some really nice insight. And as a new venture fellow myself, um, I'm going to take your advice on how to approach founders for sure. Um, you've been writing about femtech recently. I uh, have been reading some of the articles um, that you wrote on Medium. What made you interested in the sector? Um, is that a focus area for you as an investor? Yeah, so, uh, you know, healthcare broadly is an industry that I'm really excited about and one that I've spent a lot of time, you know, focused on and at Founder Collective. And the more that I dug into healthcare, the more that I realized how few resources are dedicated towards women's healthcare. So, you know, women make up half the population, but just 4% of research dollars go towards women's healthcare. And women are also excluded from clinical trials until 1993. So there's just such a fundamental data gap in the healthcare system that's just really been built up over time, over centuries of bias and, and discrimination. And so I'm personally a really big believer that we need a lot more founders, investors, and scientists to really close this healthcare gap. 
And while there's a lot of excitement in the industry today, the category still hasn't crossed a billion dollars in annual funding. Um, and so the more attention that I can bring to the sector and that others can bring to the sector, I think the better. And while it's certainly a sector I focus on, it's, it's not the only one that I'm excited about. Um, but I do think that investors who get into the industry now at a relatively early stage will be rewarded for doing so down the line. Great. Um, in your experience, have you seen a concerted effort to hire more diverse teams at the fund and portfolio company level? What do you think is being done well and what can be done better when it comes to bridging the gender gap in the venture industry? You know, I think diversity in, in venture is a massive problem. So just 3% of venture dollars are invested today in women-led companies and people of color receive just 1% of funding as well. So I think we're in the very early stages of promoting greater diversity in venture. Um, you know, that said, I am encouraged by newer efforts we've seen since the George Floyd protests over the summer. Um, we're seeing more funds led by people of color. We're seeing more funds dedicated to investing in women and people of color and venture funds like Upfront Ventures and Google Ventures promoting women to partner positions for the first time. Um, and lastly, I think we're also seeing more jobs in venture posted publicly so that a broader pool of candidates can apply for these positions. Um, but in terms of things that funds can do to promote better diversity, so I personally think the first step is to actually start tracking diversity metrics. So what percentage of the founders are you meeting are women? What percentage of these founders are people of color? Um, and then after gathering these metrics, I think VCs really need to make a concerted effort to get out of their normal circles and meet founders from a variety of backgrounds. Um, you know, I think this can be challenging because VCs rely so much on their personal networks to source deals. And rarely do they have connections into these more diverse groups. But I think that they can start to solve for this by hiring more diverse investors, attending pitch events, for example, at historically black colleges, or even allocating a percentage of their um, investments to diverse founders. So I do think we're in very early days, but I am encouraged by the activities um, you know, we've seen over the summer, especially. Those uh, absolutely make sense. Um, and it seems that you have been giving it some thought too. Um, I do, um, we've had conversations with a lot of, of people so far and they do say that they are seeing an effort um, to at least acknowledge the fact that diversity is an issue, but we need to see more action-based um, efforts now. Um, so just to wrap up this conversation before we jump to some quick questions at the end, um, what advice do you have for students like yourself who are looking to break into the industry with little prior experience? And by that, I mean mostly like prior VC experience or um, investing experience. So I think the number one thing I would say is lean into the parts of your background that make you unique. Really lean into the experiences that uniquely qualify you to be a great investor. So for me personally, this was about highlighting my operating experience across both a failed startup and a successful startup and showing how I could translate this into helping founders navigate fundamental business challenges and spotting those red flags. You know, I think for someone totally different, like a hardware engineer, for example, this might entail highlighting their domain expertise and starting a blog around promising startups in robotics. So I really do think there are a lot of different options to showcase your unique experience. Um, and I think apart from that, I think you have to be incredibly thoughtful and targeted about the funds you approach. So I knew, for example, that I wouldn't be a great fit for a growth stage fund where the partners typically have backgrounds in banking or PE, but that I'd be a much more natural fit for an early stage fund where the partners are typically former founders or operators. 
So I would say make a list of funds that best align with your background and interests. And don't be afraid to reach out via cold email, potentially with a few companies you've sourced. Um, You know, I'm a big believer that thoughtfully crafted cold emails are one of the most underutilized channels. You have very little downside, but your upside is really That's some great advice. Um, And I just want to wrap up the session with uh, a few quick questions for you. Um, So first of all, who are two of your biggest um, female role models? That's a great question. Um, So I would say, um, you know, I think in venture specifically, it's hard not to talk about Kristen Green. I think she's such a prominent figure in venture. She's built her own fund, has, you know, is on the Midas list. I think she's definitely a big role model of mine. Absolutely. And then, you know, I think it's a little bit cliche, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention my mom who immigrated here from Cuba when she was, uh, you know, very young and became a lawyer and is very successful in her career. And so I would say those are definitely the two strongest role models in my life at the moment. A lot of people do mention uh, their family members, uh, including me. So I'm actually not surprised at all. Um, a day at the beach or a day at the bar in non-COVID era? A uh, day at the beach. I'm from Miami originally. And so any opportunity to be close to the waves and the sand um, with a drink in my hand for sure is what I, <laughs> what I go for. Amazing. And the last question, um, what is uh, the most recent book you've read? The most recent book I've read is Sapiens. I think Yuval, the author, does an amazing job in describing evolution and making it so relatable. It's a topic that I've always been incredibly interested in. And the fact that he relates it so seamlessly to modern day society, I think, is something that's really, really powerful. So highly recommended to any of the science nerds listening. And I think it's just a really enjoyable read overall. Great. Um, Well, thank you, Joanna, for joining us today. Um, I'm sure our listeners will really value all the insights you shared with us. Thank you so much. Thank you.